Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply and transfer portal news it's four downs it's brought to you by dynasty spas and i'll tell you more about them but i'll go ahead and tell you right now that if you need a spa you need to be in dynasty spas which has their showroom in athens and they're fantastic four downs talking transfer news now off the hook sports four downs brought to you by dynasty spas the most comfortable spas made in the united states of america right here in east tennessee drop in for the all-new showroom in athens dynasty spas perfect for all four seasons four downs presented by off the hook sports yeah we got lots of news and i know a lot of people over the weekend are like you're picking up a tight end why not an offensive line an offensive lineman i want to talk offensive line tomorrow if you can put that in your mental notebook, because I'm not as concerned as a lot of you fans are on social media about Tennessee's offensive line, and I'm going to tell you why, but that'll be tomorrow. So some transfer news as I want to get right to it. We'll jump in the hot tub uh, with the one, the only Cooper Mays. Coop, what did people need to do to get the latest transfer news? Cooper Mays here. Hit like and subscribe. We'll do that. All right, Coop, what down is it? Coop here. First down. Thank you, Coop. Uh, Kansas offensive lineman Armari Reed Adams visited Tennessee, but then committed to Texas A&M. How big of a loss is this for the Vols? I think it's a pretty big one. I think this is the guy they really. I think this is the guy they really, really wanted. This is the type of player you could play and plug. He he visits, then he commits to a program that's. Definitely not on the rise like Tennessee. I think he would have been a much better situation than Tennessee. You could say it's NIL, and that's certainly possible. Dave, I'm reading from Vol Twitter. Now, this is Vol Twitter, and they overreact to everything. So, (laughs) grain of salt, okay? (laughs) You say that like everybody knows. Like, the sun's coming up tomorrow, and Vol Twitter overreacts to everything. Yes. One of the hot takes on Vol Twitter is that while Glenn Ellerby is a great offensive line coach, and I do think he's one of the most underrated assistants on the staff as an offensive line coach, he's not very personable and his personality turns off recruits. What do you know about that? Um, I don't, you know, I, I, I'm, I don't know that he's personable. I don't know that you have to be personable to the media i guess i would tell you i don't know i mean dan brooks tennessee's defensive tackle coach was always very not personable to me but i bet he was personable to prospects so i think there's two different kinds of personable and i think it's a rare guy like philip fulmer for instance that has that personable 
with boosters, media, and prospects. I mean, not every dude has that, right? No, you're right. That's true. Uh, I mean, and, and Fulmer was... I mean, we're talking, he was somewhat personable. Come on, let's be honest. Though. Fulmer, I, he was a great recruiter, but I think that was just his work ethic because he's got a bit of a boring personality too. I mean, can you imagine him in your room, Dave, where you're going to have a great opportunity to come to Tennessee? We're going to work like heck oh, to get see, better every day. This is the opposite. I think, I swear I've heard the opposite. He goes in there like fired up. And so, like, I don't think we truly know. I think you almost put on a facade. Like, you turn into Batman before you walk in the, the front door. I swear to you. I think I think you're a, diff, a completely different person. Like, you go in there, and you're Bruce Wayne, and you're hitting on chicks. And then you go in there, I'd like for you to come to my school. What do you think? Yeah, I think it completely changes. I really, I really do. Uh, more offensive line news. Coming up, four downs, brought to you by our friends at Dynasty Spas. Imagine having the best spas made right here in the United States of America. That's important to us in your backyard, and they are in Athens. Check out their, their showroom. They have complete support. They have the spa covers, chemicals to keep your spa and pool bubbling at its best, and they are online, dynastyspas.com. You can order it there, the chemicals. Or you can go down and check their fantastic discounts that they have running all the time for first responders, military, and some blemish models that you can save a ton of money on. So what down is it? Coop brought to you by Dynasty Pools and Spas. Cooper Mays here. Second down. Temple cornerback Jalen McMurray. Boy, nothing sizzles like bacon in a refrigerator like a Temple cornerback. Or should I be excited about Jalen McMurray? I don't know why everybody's so excited about him. Um, I, I, I'm just going to be honest. I, I, I don't – everything I've read about him, I don't see the value in him. I mean, yes, he was named preseason All-AC – All-AAC, excuse me, going into 2023, but – Or as Gilbert I mean, God, Godfrey said, the ah, remember he was the yeah. athlete. Yeah. <laughs> So this is all because he was a freshman All-American in 2022 and had a great freshman All-American season. But one of the things for me for these guys at smaller schools, Dave, is I got to see how you do your second year at a school. Because can you get better your second year or are you figured out? And there, there are real questions about this kid. Not not character-wise. He, he seems like he could be a nice guy, but I just think... I think, I think he was a little overrated his freshman year. And I think playing in the competition level of competition he played at at the American overhyped him. He didn't really make the same splash his sophomore year. And that's that's a big red flag if you can't take a step up your sophomore year at a smaller school like that. Mm, yeah. It makes you wonder if you're content. Uh what down Coop? Tennessee Center Cooper Mays here. Third down. All right. I'm just I'm trying to decide whether or not I want to go to who I think's really good or if I want to go another direction. Okay, I'm going to start with UNC offensive lineman Diego Pounds, who weighs about 300 of them, I would guess. What do you think of Diego Pounds? I think this is one of Tennessee's most underrated potential pickups, funny enough. Um, I think he's a North Carolina transfer at, on the offensive line. I believe he has a teammate who had, who is at – he had a high school teammate who I believe is at Tennessee right now. I don't remember the name. I'm trying to pull it up, but Diego Pounds is somebody that has connections to Tennessee. He's a very reliable and good offensive lineman. Now, you know, some uneducated people 
out there would say, he's not going to, he's not, he's making a lateral move. He's going to Tennessee from North Carolina. No, I don't care what their records are the last few years. I don't care that Mac Brown's at North Carolina. Tennessee's a better school. That is a step up from North Carolina guys. And I say that as somebody who thinks Tennessee fans overvalue how great their school is. Tennessee's still a step up from North Carolina. So this isn't a desperate to play transfer. If that makes sense, he's a left tackle. Sorry. No, go ahead. My, my problem with pounds is that it took him a couple of years to break into North Carolina starting lineup. He started eight games last year. So that's my concern with pounds. And I know this is no shock, but Ole Miss heavily in on them. By the way, uh, Lane Kiffin bragging about the amount of money that they're able to spend in NIL uh, recently. So he feels pretty good about it. He's got those guys stoked uh, after a, a couple of strong seasons in the past three years. So, uh, I think he ends up probably at Ole Miss the way the Rebels have been running, but you say it's not that significant of a loss. No, I say I actually say it's pounds would be a big oh, it, pickup if they could get him. Oh, it is a big pickup. Um, but <laughs> you look at Lane Kiffin at Tennessee and look at Lane Kiffin now. He's added pounds in multiple ways. But <laughs> wow, did you just think that shot at Lane? <laughs> I didn't think um, SEC Media Days is the first time I had a lower BMI than Lane. The, okay, Lane Kiffin. If you go go back and look, it it happened. It happened right after that he lost the USC job. Like he just aged significantly right before he took the oh, Alabama man. job. Oh, it dude, was hardcore. Guys in their early thirties are just throwing out shots. Uh, maybe did you see the? It's now he's now become open about his girlfriend. So whether he's got extra pounds like Diego or not, he's still got skills. Does that pay the bills? I don't know. He's still got skills. This young lady's doing okay. It's not really hard for major SEC football coaches to pick up young women, okay? Like, I, we're acting like there's some level of game here. I bet, you know, I'm, I'm trying to think of, like, the most lame personality possible in the SEC who wasn't even a good coach, and they could pick up young women, probably. Uh, well, I can, I can answer that. He's not in the SEC anymore, but it's uh, Mr. Belima. <laughs> yes yes that's right forgot about that yes if brett belima can do it and he did any <laughs> sec coach can do it yeah um and he had to make up some weird uh, excuse about how she worked in the athletic department but uh he actually met her in vegas randomly at a blackjack table did anybody believe that I didn't. Brett did have game. Thank you, Smoky Mountain Red. Hit the like and subscribe button. What down are we on, Coop? Keep me straight. Tennessee center Cooper Mays here. Third down. I'm saving herd, by the way. I know what y'all are thinking about. But you I'm heard? Gonna talk, yeah, I'm going to talk a couple of defensive backs. Aiden White out of NC State and Jalen McMurray out of Temple. Uh, your, your thoughts on those two guys? Well, we talked McMurray a little while ago, but Aiden White, right. I love Aiden White. If Tennessee can get him, this is the move. We're talking about a two-time all-ACC cornerback. Again, it's all-ACC, but we can at least agree that's better than the American. And so if you're two-time all-ACC, you can at least be a – you probably could be a decent starter in the SEC, even if you may not be great. And that's veteran ex leadership. That's experience. And here is a – uh and also, he did not allow a touchdown in 2022, 
with 482 coverage snaps, which is an incredible stat. 25 pass breakups, eight interceptions. And he was a he went to Christ School in Arden, North Carolina, where the son of Heath Shuler, Navy Shuler, who was on Tennessee's roster, also went. Mm-hmm. So, there you I'm go. So there's a possibility. Um, do you think defensive backs look at Tennessee as a place they want to go or no? No, no, that's that's it. Even if you even if you're good, even if you're good, it's this the the, the defense is set up where you're not going to look good. Put it that way. Although, look, if you're a shutdown corner who can like shut down a side of the field, look at Elante Taylor. He got turned into a top two draft pick, top two round draft pick in Hypel system. So, you know, he did. Click the like and subscribe button if you're new to the show. We got more prospect talk. Here we go. Fourth down. Coop. All SEC center Cooper Mays here. Fourth down. Have you heard the news? I say the biggest, highest rated one. For the end, uh, tell me about Mr. Hurd, and I actually have some insight into him that I would like. <laughs> Rocky Top Tom says defensive backs just seem to be allergic to Knoxville. Um, I have uh, I have a little bit of insight into Hurd that I can provide. So go ahead and uh, tell everyone that hasn't heard that aren't big recruit Knicks how big of a pickup Hurd could be. He would be a huge pickup. Now, Hurd wants to play left tackle specifically from the reporting I've heard. And he played a lot at right tackle last year for LSU. That's one of the reasons he entered the portal. But if you're Tennessee, you got John Campbell Jr. I don't think it'd be much of an imposition to move John Campbell Jr. over to right tackle to make Hurd happy at that point. You stole, and, you stole my you stole my lead. I think he's I think John Campbell. Junior is willing to move to right tackle because it's worked for Tennessee's last two right tackles, including Darnell Wright. Used to be that was a major, major uh, demotion, wasn't it? If they moved you from left tackle to right tackle. And Josh Heupel's offense, it's almost a promotion. I mean, they took Darnell Wright and did that. So I think that's kind of the key. I think Tennessee can offer that. Other schools are probably a little bit more locked into left tackle or – it's a gamble to take a transfer or go back a few years, a junior college player, to fill in a left tackle vacancy. Albert Toween is a great example. He showed up. They plugged him at left tackle. Everybody remember him, former Vol? Showed up at left tackle, and they plugged him in there, and he started the entire season, and he was at best a C-plus player. Would you agree with that? Thought he had heavy feet. I totally feet. agree. Didn't think he was very good, but they didn't have another direction to go because they had invested so much in him. And I'm talking about off-season investment, who you play at left tackle. So I think you go to Herd and you say, listen, this cat's willing to move. We're talking about John Campbell Jr. to right tackle for you. Now, I don't know that Herd's going to do all of his research and know that Darnell Wright did that too. But if he doesn't, you're like, wow, man, they're really opening up Quite the quite the opportunity for me. And I think that's that is, where you might be able to land him. No, you are right. And here's the funny thing you say that. Um, left tackle might be an easier job. This is going to be the craziest thing I'm going to say today, Dave. But with the way college football is going, left tackle could end up being an easier job than right tackle. And here's why. Actually, Nick Saban figured this out. Jeremy Pruitt did this at Tennessee. One of Nick Saban's new philosophies, and this is how you saw Will Anderson line up on the other side, was it's better to have your edge rusher attacking the quarterback from his face than behind him? Because then you can take away the vision on the quick slants over the field. And 
Interesting. I hadn't heard that. I like the football one-on-one. Keep going. Will and do you notice Will Anderson always lined up on that side? He was Alabama's best edge rusher by far, but they always line him up attacking the quarterback from the front rather than behind. Yeah, he was and, always on the left side. Yeah, he was. And so the philosophy on that was you can't because what Nick Saban and a lot of quarter coaches have realized is with the new rules in football, the slants are almost always going to be there now. It's just too hard to take away the slant and the and the um and the deep ball. Even with even with Saban's, as you you're the one who taught me about and I looked up the pattern matching defense that he coaches that he kind of, that actually kind of comes from the old cover two systems that he learned. Um, you can't really take away the middle of the field and the deep shots anymore. So the philosophy is more, if you disrupt the quarterback's vision, even if the slants are there, let them be there, but they can't see them. And that's why you have your edge rushers rush from that side now. So in the future, what would you rather your tackle do? Is it more important to protect your quarterback's blind side or to protect your quarterback from the best, most dangerous edge rusher on the field? I mean, that's going to be kind of your what you're weighing at that point. I think the blind side thing kind of came into effect because Joe Theismann got his leg snapped in half. I mean, if you go back and look at the blind side movie, and there's a lot of truth to that, even though there's a lot of non-truths to the movie. But that's kind of how that was discovered. But because you don't want the devastating injury that the quarterback never sees coming. But I also don't want my quarterback constantly distracted by a person coming into his face on the right side. So I'd still put my best tackle on the left side personally, but I understand that Josh Heupel has not. And I understand that football evolves. So I wouldn't be surprised to see it continue to go, go that way. Yeah, exactly. And you're right. That was a time. Let's not forget Lawrence Taylor was coming from the blind side. And it's, not, I mean, that's whatever you think of him as a person, he's still probably the most impactful defensive player of all time. Is that safe to say? I think, NFL, he's, the, I think he's the best defensive player to ever step foot on a football field, actually, if you want my opinion. And the cool thing about Lawrence Taylor is he was allowed. That's who the, that it would be interesting to see that if they did that with James Pierce, allow him to line up everywhere because the Giants played 10 on one or 10 on 11, excuse me and let Taylor be the one. So it was 10 on 11. They played defense, and that was their disciplines and gaps and who they – and he got to line up wherever he wanted to. I, I'm interested to see the next player – I don't like bringing up my NFL team, but the Cowboys may have him. But um, I, I'd like to see the next player that's able to do that and just pick where he wants to line up based off looking at the defense, and he's just that absolutely dominant. But I think the Cowboys have him. That might be intriguing. Quick ball, quick, uh, quick, uh, quick, a uh, little more. You know, Dave and I are talking a lot of ball. We're, we're, we're talking some serious ball today, if you want to say that word. But uh, um, the clouding a quarterback's vision. What's the greatest call John Chavis ever made as a defensive coordinator, Dave? You know what it is? Moving Leonard Little back to defensive end. <laughs> no, it's a play call. It's a play call. The greatest <laughs> play call he ever made. It's that game you say is the best coach game Fulmer ever led. It was the Miami game of 03. It's 10 to 6. Miami's driving. They're on the five yard line. They're about to go in and score. Brock Berlin snaps it. Kella Winslow's clear. The receiver's all clear. Kella Winslow's wide open for a touchdown on a crossing route. But Chavis sent Mark Jones on a blitz. Straight, straight line, not from the blind side, just straight forward up the middle. Completely clouded Berlin's vision. So he gets hit as he throws it. Those are too late. And that causes an interception that Jabril Wilson catches. And. The philosophy from Chavis was 
he they he kind of I think the whole Tennessee team knew that Brock Berlin was a terrible quarterback to begin with, <laughs> but they they made the bet that if you send the guy in his face, he's not going to see the guy over the middle, and that was the bet they made the whole game. Interesting. Our poll question brought to you by Rick Terry Jewelry Design. We want to be your jeweler. Looking for affordable game day jewelry? How about the Fire Opals, a Tennessee tradition? So that's on rickterryjewelry.com, rickterryjewelry.com. The poll question is on our YouTube page, and it's been a little bit all over the place. James Pierce took off with it, but now some other guys are uh, closing the gap a bit. Tennessee's best NFL prospect is... Rue McCoy, James Pierce, Nico, or Coop. We will discuss after this, but right now, James Pierce leading with 54% of the vote, followed by Nico just going into the sophomore year at 25%. Brew McCoy last at 8%. Cooper Mays, pardon me, at 12%. So we'll get into that poll question. Vote on our YouTube page right now. Really would like to see your input. Again, brought to you by Rick Terry Jewelry Design. Go to rickterryjewelry.com. That is rickterryjewelry.com. Tell you what I'm hearing from NFL scouts about those guys. And let's just say that if Brew comes back healthy, they really, really like him. But Nico is as intriguing as they get.